0: And uh, I want you to be ready for the Word of God this morning. I want you to take your Bible, and we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, and we're going to talk about how playing it safe is risky. (laughs) Playing it safe is risky. And I want to challenge you, and and I've preached from this text before. Matthew 14:22 through 36, and what's happened is Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with a small handful of uh, fishes and a handful of loaves, and, and they did this wonderful miracle. God, Jesus did this wonderful miracle, and then now he, he he's going off to a place to pray by himself, and, and uh, he goes and he gets in he gets in a he goes and prays, and then the disciples get in a boat, and we're going to pick it up now. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through through 36. Matthew 14. 22 to 36 immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he dismissed them he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray when evening came he was there alone but the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it during the fourth watch of the night Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked in the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and begin, and, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Verse 32. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched him were healed. Let's pray. Father, we release your spirit into us. Holy Spirit, we come right now. We submit to you. Lord Jesus, we submit to the word. Father God, we submit to you. Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that in this new year, new things happen because we hear the word of God and we act on the word of God. We don't just are, we're not just hearers of it, but we are doers of it. And Father, you want to release the church from playing it safe that lord God we, we try to we try to make everything risk free and Lord there has to be risk in life, and so Lord, help us in our faith to take the right risk the right steps of faith this morning. let this begin a new journey of a new greater faith of a new spiritual growth God of new greater things in our families, our individual lives in this church in this nation and all the nations of the world and all the church says, amen so I was it, it, very interesting because um i 'm just going to be honest with you I was I've been sick with a cold and and I was trying to get ready for a sermon series which is very similar, just a mini-series on uh, uh, where Joshua, in the book of Joshua, he came and he, he defeated enemies and he asked the Lord to make the sun stand still and they defeated enemies. So I was working on that and of course I got waylaid with this cold. Thanks whoever gave it to me. Thanks a lot. No, I'm just teasing you. And so uh, I just—it really took it out of me. So I looked. I like, Lord, this message—I know I preached it a few years ago. This message is very similar. and It could be a good start for this sermon series. So this morning, as I walked in my office, there was a book on my desk, and it said, "Take the risk." And uh, it said, "Learning to identify, choose, and live with, accept And I showed it my wife, Olivia, and I said, "This is exactly what I'm going to talk about in a sense this morning." And I said, "It's also—I'm I'm excited about reading it." Thank you, by the way, for those who gave it to me. I'm excited about reading it. And uh, but but I want to talk to you this morning about the Christian faith. The Christian faith in America, somehow we got this mentality that the Christian faith should be safe. And that you're that you're blessed because you know Jesus and you are blessed. And there is a true safety in knowing Jesus. But with faith sometimes comes risk. Amen. And so so we get this concept that hey, I'm I'm a Christian now. I will never face hard times and I'll never have problems. But that's that's not even biblical. If you've read your Bible and as we're going to talk about here Joshua for the next couple of weeks and then we're going to talk about Joseph you're going to see that the Christian walk, your life, is not going to be safe, especially when you take big steps of faith. And you have to trust in God and do big things. Amen? Because, see, God is calling you, say me. Come on, me. God is calling you to take bigger steps of faith. Now, some of you made, you made uh, New Year's resolutions. You, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop partying. and, and that, That's a good stuff. That, I'm going to get in shape. Those are great things. You should do that. But really, on top of that, your biggest goal this year, your biggest resolution is to say, I want to get closer to God this year than I ever have ever in my past. Now, if you, again, if you want to lose weight, you know, you've know, got to come up with a plan. You've got to stick to the plan. Now, if you want to grow spiritually, let me just tell you, this just doesn't happen overnight. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. How am I going to grow this year, Lord? Okay, I'm going to do this, uh, and, and I'm going to do this. You've got to have a plan. Say, God, I want to draw closer to you because God says when we draw closer to Him, He draws closer to us. And when you begin to take steps of faith and believe Him for bigger things than, than where you've been in the last 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, bigger things can happen. God can do in 5 seconds what you and I try to do in a lifetime. Amen? Some of you think, man, Pastor, you understand my life is hopeless. I've been doing the same thing. I've been at the same job for the last 5 years, last 10 years, last 20 years, and nothing has happened. And I want to tell you that God is bigger than your job. God is bigger than your circumstance. And if you begin to say, God, I'm going to get out of the boat. I want to believe for greater things in my life, then greater things will begin to happen. But you've got to be willing to take a step of faith. Amen? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning for a few minutes. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's what faith is about. Let me read to you the next one. Hebrews 11.6. Do I have it? Without faith, listen to this, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those, check that out, He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Who does God reward? Those who seek Him. You see, we have this concept in America that God seeks out us. You see, Jesus is part of my life. I've added Jesus to my life and He makes my life better. No, you get closer to God and your life will be better. See, we have this concept, well, God, you better move from 10.30 to about noon or 12.30, however long-winded or short-winded pastor Stan is. That's the time I give you to move in my life. And the problem is, he moves all throughout the week. And you've got to give him time every day of your life, every second of your life. You have to belong to him, amen? You have to earnestly seek him. Then Matthew 13, 58 says, And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of and you see, many of us were stuck because we don't believe that God can deliver us from our situation because we have a lack of faith. And often, if you look at the works of Jesus, Jesus many times said, and it will be done according to your faith, by your faith, and in, in your faith, and if you believe, you shall receive. And so that's, that's a constant thing. I, I think I have this quote by Samuel Clemens or uh, Mark Twain. It says "You're 20 years from now, You will be more disappointed, I'm sorry, from now, will you be more disappointed by things you didn't do than by the ones you did do? So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, and discover. I have a message from God today for you. Are you going to receive it? This message is throw off the past. Throw off the safety net. Let's go forward, amen? Let's believe that in your life, God has great things. And so let's talk about this. The first thing is this. Number one, God is looking for risk takers. Yes, He wants to save everyone. He wants everyone to come to know Him. But He's looking for people who say, God, I believe in You. I believe in bigger things and better things for my individual life, my family, my church, this community, this nation, the nations of the world. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on me to believe that God can do big things. Amen? Amen. Come on, this is, this is exciting. I'm stoked. Yes, I was sick. Yes, I was laying on the couch for a couple days trying to nap and all that. But I was praying during this time. I was studying the Word. I was looking at the message of God. This message is so powerful that I, I'm excited about it. Amen? That I'm, I'm praying that it, it seeps into your heart and your spirit. Check this out. If you look in the Bible, you'll find that God uses risk takers throughout the Bible. I'm going to throw a couple names at you. Look at, look at the life of Abraham. Nehemiah, Abraham, you know Abraham, you know Father Abraham, had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham, remember that song, some of you sang it until you're sick of hearing it? Abraham, him and his wife were how old over 90 years old before their first kid was born. And they wandered, they left the lands and then they wandered and God blessed them. You look at Nehemiah, Nehemiah left the safety of the palace in, in what we would call, uh, he was under the, the ruler of, of the Babylonians. He left the safety to go rebuild the temple. Then there's Beniah. Some of you don't know. Beniah was, was a, uh, one, of, one of David's uh, mighty men. And, and he, he defeated an Egyptian soldier. He, he took the spear from this, this tall Egyptian and, and defeated him. And also he, he jumped into a, into a snowy pit and, and defeated a lion as well. So he was a, a man of God that did great things and he trusted. So he was a risk taker. Then there's Joshua. Then there's Moses. Then there's David. There's Jonathan. There's Peter. And you see, even in your business world, in the, in the place that you maybe you work at, risk takers sometimes are rewarded, especially when they succeed. Well, then I can hear someone always say, Well, Pastor, what about all those who have failed? Well, they either they fail and they stop, or they fail and get back up again. And you see, if you look through our society, you look at people, they get up and they do it again. Let me give you some examples. And all of you, how many of you like to fly? How many of you want flying is? Airplanes? I'm glad that you can fly and, and and so thank God that two risk takers called the, the, the Wright brothers took a risk. Amen? How many of you like your phone? How many know what a phone is? I thank God that this man named Alexander Graham Bell, sometimes I do, sometimes I can't stand the phone, but he worked on the phone, he took risk, amen, right? Thomas Edison likes, ta da. Isn't this awesome? Aren't you glad you don't have to burn candles all the time or oil and, and all that kind of stuff? I know it's retro now. People are doing it. But, but these people took risks. George Washington took risks for this nation. The moon missions, a lot of the science and medicine we have today come from the space projects because they took risk. You see, now we have societies people that don't want to take risks. Church is full of people that don't want to take risk, And God is saying, you've got to take risk and believe in me for greater things. Amen? You see, with risk, yes, comes the chance to fail. absolutely. But also with risk comes the chance of success. Amen? And so you can either fail or you can succeed. You can flounder. Yes, you can try and and, and make mistakes, but you can learn. But you see, circumstances may vary, but the, the law of risk is universal and eternal. Either you can sit and you can waste your life and you can play it safe or you can begin to take risk of faith for God to do greater things in your life. And in, in, in the individual life, your family, this church, the nation, the nations of the world. Amen? You see, in fact, Mark Batterson, he's a great author. If you haven't read any of his books, you should read Mark Batterson's books. If you're, if you're willing, he says this, if you're willing to, to risk everything, then there is nothing God can't do in you and through you. Amen? See, a lot of times we we'll look at people and say, well, that's them. They're special. What's special about them? They were willing to take a risk. They were willing to step out on what God had called them to do. And I'm asking you to, to let go of, of the safety net and say, God, with you I can go anywhere. With you I can do all things. Amen? You see, Peter risked sinking when he stepped out of the boat. Right? But what else did he do? He walked in water. Right? Oh, well, he sunk in a few minutes. Come on, we'll get there in a minute. Don't be so negative, alright? Come on. Stop being so negative. Right? Amen? He was the only one of those disciples that walked on the water. Amen? So God is looking for some risk takers. The second thing, no risk equals what? No rewards. No risk no risk equals no rewards. I believe, again, God is calling believers to be risk takers for Him. I'm not talking about the lottery. I'm not talking about going to Vegas or, or the Jersey Shore. I'm not talking about that. That, that is foolishness. Amen? By the way... Just a little side note, if you're a Christian, you should not be playing the lottery. And if you do, you need to tithe. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Let me go on with the sermon now. Anyway, I'm not talking about playing Powerball or trips to Las Vegas or the Jersey Shore. You see, I believe we've been brainwashed too long by the world trying to live a safe life. Yeah, you know, how many times do you see something risk-free? Try it with no risk, Right? Buy now, you know, all, there's all this risk-free, try And you see, we've become so safety organized, so take it easy, don't take risks. And we're dying because we're doing that. We're not discovering things, we're not going further, we're just being stuck in life. And God has said, man, I can free you up. And we've been lulled into this risk-free society. And yes, staying in the boat can keep you dry. It can keep you safe. You can be tucked down underneath the side of the boat, but you can miss God walking by the boat. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss God. And if He's in the boat, I want to be in the boat. If He's out of the boat, I want to be where Jesus is. And you see, the church has been lulled in this concept. Well, I go to this nice little church. They have nice worship. They have a humorous pastor. He's hyper sometimes, even when he's sick. He's funny. But I'm just going to play safe the rest of the week. That's not God's plan for your life. He wants you to take some big risk of faith to do great things. Amen? So staying in the boat means, yeah, seasickness, being buffeted around. I don't know about you, but I don't like that kind of stuff. I'd rather be out with Jesus walking on the water. And you see, taking risks means taking steps of faith. Amen? The third thing, I want to move along. The third thing is good. Listen, good is often the enemy of great. I know I say that a lot. Good is often the enemy of great. And I'm not, again, I'm not against you having good things, nice things. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. The problem is, is when that stuff controls our lives. Amen? A good job, a good place to live, a good income. Those are That's awesome. But if that's all you're concerned about, you're, you're living in the boat. And you're not taking steps of faith. You're not risking for the sake of God. And you see, sometimes... Taking a calculated risk means giving up something that is good in order to experience something that is great. Some of you have been fired or laid off from a job and it was a blessing, wasn't it? You got a better job because of it, right? But if if that job wouldn't have fired you or, or let you go, you would have been stuck for another 10 years, right? At the sweatshop, right? Think about that. Some of you, sometimes it's a blessing when those things happen. And you see, some of us were stuck in being safe, and God is saying, man, step out of the boat. Follow me. In fact, Matthew 16, 24-26 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will find it. Whatever happened to letting go, all to Jesus I surrender. Remember that? All to Jesus I surrender. Remember that? What's happened to that? You see, in churches, we're afraid to ask people to commit the things. We're afraid to ask them to sacrifice because we're afraid they're going to leave. And they're living a nominal Christian life because they're not willing to leave everything for Jesus. They're not willing to get out of the boat. When was the last time you took a risk for Jesus? When was the last time that you took went out on a limb? In fact, when you think about like fruit and, and apple trees, the best fruit is usually at the top. Right? Have you ever gone picking apples before? I don't want the apples that have been trampled on on the ground or that have fallen or bruised. I want to get up and get the better apples. And so sometimes you have to climb. And I, I get yelled at when I go, when we t- pick apples, because I climb up a tree sometimes. Be careful, be careful. I know. But there's a bigger apple up here. And it's awesome. It tastes much better than an apple that's been on the ground. Amen? And you see, God is asking you to climb higher. He's asking you to take big steps of faith. When was the last time you took a risk for Jesus? You see, we're too safe with our careers. We're too safe with our, in our singleness. We're too safe in our marriages. We're too safe with our kids. We're too safe with our giving. We're too safe with our worship. We're too safe by trying not to get involved in church. Or not getting to know your coworkers when God has called you to be a missionary to your coworkers. Did you know that? How many of you ever saw the movie, uh, Mr. Mr. Holland's Opus? You ever see that movie? Three of you. Alright, well never mind then. The movie, the premise of the movie is this guy had his dreams of being this great musician, writing his own music, and I'm just gonna nutshell it for you. And so he gets his job teaching in a high school, teaching music, and he's, I mean, he's like, he runs into school right before it starts, and as soon as school's out, he runs out the door. And he has no interest in pouring his life into the students because he, this is just a temporary thing. And you see, I see too many Christians saying that you just go to work to get, a, to get paid so you can pay your bills so you can live this great life. And God has said, no, no, not only that, but you're to be a missionary at that workplace. You're there, you're there to pour your life into these people because they need Jesus. And you see, we have too many Christians. You go to work, you punch in, and, and, and maybe say, you, "Let's just say you start at seven o'clock. At six fifty-nine, you're like you you barely run in, and then when when at two fifty-nine, when you leave at three, you're you're already out the door. Hey, should we, You want to grab? Hey, I know you pray, but sorry, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Don't have time for you, heathens. And you got to start taking risk. Go to lunch with coworkers. That's that's that helps, right? You're called to be a missionary. Take steps of faith. Amen. Do bigger things. Expect God. Number four, risky. Faith is risky business. Taking a risk can be scary. And it can result in failure. But again, it can also result in success. Faith growing. Being stretched. Seeing lives change, Seeing your life changed. Amen? You see, I use this example. God told the children of Israel to take the promised land when Moses was leaving them out. And they sent out those spies, and, and those that wanted to, to be safe kept Israel wandering in the desert for 40 years. Oh, there's there're giants in the land. They're bigger than us. And Joshua came up so said, "No, we can take the land. God is with us. These guys will fall." And because those who had the, you know, they had the bureaucracy, well, we got to go through a committee first. We have to do testing first. And then we have to have this and that and we can't do it, right? How I many of you get... Sometimes it work, you ever get just bogged down with all that? We want to do all these tests to see if it's going to work. Why not just go out and try it? Right? Amen? I mean, there's some things you have to test. I understand that. But, but you see, in our faith walk, we kind of, well, it's it's dangerous out there. There's giants in the land. And God is calling you and united. Take steps of faith. Watch God make the giants flee. Amen? You see, obedience is something that God calls you and I to. And to be obedient, you will take risk of faith. Obedience, listen this is what Mark Batterson, again, i read this out of a book a couple years ago. Obedience is willingness to do whatever, whenever, wherever God calls us. Think about that this morning. Are you willing if God said to you right now, I want you to go to the mission field? Somebody like, what? I want you to quit your job, I want you to sell everything you have, and I want you to go to X, Y, and Z country. Would you would you do it? Well, what about my family? God always takes care of whatever He calls you to do. Amen? You've got to be willing. Maybe He's not going to call you to be a missionary to X, Y, and Z country. Maybe He's calling you to be a missionary to your family, your co-workers, your neighbors. Maybe He's calling you to do this and that. So, so be willing, amen, to, to step out. Amen? Faith is a risky business. The goal of faith, listen to this. The goal of faith, get this in your mind, in your spirit. The goal of faith is not the elimination of risk. American Christianity is killing the church. It's a, it's a bless me mentality. Hey, God is for me, and everything I have, He'll bless me, and, and I'll have no problems. And that's a lie. Because the Bible says whoever wants to live a godly life will be persecuted, there will be hard times. Because you're living for Jesus. Amen? And you see, the goal of faith is not the elimination of risk. The greatest risk is not taking any risk for God. It's not taking steps. And you're missing out, again, you're missing out if you're tucked into the boat, hiding under the covers when Jesus walks by. You see, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to keep our eyes open and follow Jesus wherever He goes. We're to be willing to go where He calls us to go. Amen? And you see, maybe our Christianity has become too civilized. Maybe it's become too sanitized. It's too safe. We don't take risks. Some of us for worship, it's hard for us to raise our hands. I can't do it. Go ahead. Some of you this afternoon, you're going to be going crazy when the Ravens play, when the Redskins play. Right? Right? Ah, 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 ah. And then we come to church. Come on, amen. Because probably your team's going to lose this afternoon. Well, at least they're going to they're gonna lose when they face the Broncos, God's team. <clears throat> Just a joke, okay? So, but, but you see what I'm saying? I, I, God bless your teams, really. I, I'm excited about all the, the, the local teams doing well. But again, they're going to face the Broncos. So anyway. You see, the Bible doesn't talk about a risk-free existence. And I don't have time, but, but I want you to read this, uh, write this down. Hit the next scripture, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, write this down. And some of you are already stubborn and you're just going to read it anyway. Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. And then, and then uh, I want you to read this and write, write this down and I want you to read it later. Because it talks about people who are willing to die for Jesus and some of them it says that they never received their promises here, but they're waiting for us. I've read the scripture to you many times, but I want you to read this and say, wow, these people were willing to do whatever... God wanted them to do, and they did not receive the rewards on earth, but they received a greater reward in heaven. And I want, I want, I want you to wake you up, saying that this world really has nothing to offer us that's lasting. I mean, yes, I, I like getting in my car, knowing that I can start it every day, and I really, I really dig the Bluetooth thing. That's pretty cool, built-in Bluetooth. I love that, but my car is not going to get me to heaven. In fact, when I die and go to heaven in my car, probably someone will take it or it's going to get, it's going to just rust away anyway. Amen? You see what I'm saying? We, we got to get free of this. Well, number five, no such thing as a risk-free faith. Let's say that again. There's no such thing as risk-free faith. We have this false theology that being a Christian means we gain success without risk. That's a lie from the devil. In your job, if you just, if you didn't try, what would happen if you just went to work and didn't do anything? you'd probably get fired. you get reprimanded you get fired. And so, in the same thing in your faith walk, if you don't try to grow, you're not going to get anywhere. Eh, Amen? This is simple stuff, right? Come on, right? Trials and tests are part of the daily life in this world, even for believers. And this this message of trouble-free living is a lie. I have never met anyone on this earth who's never faced troubles. And I don't know where we get this mindset. Well, once I become a Christian... You know, I shouldn't have these troubles. I shouldn't have these problems. I shouldn't have these trials. That's a lie from the devil. Read the Bible. But the people that have gone through that, you have gone through that because God has been there with you. Amen? And in that though, then there's going to be some things where you and I have to step out of the boat. You see, sometimes we get so afraid to take the effort to become overcomers or to try new things and to risk and I want to challenge you to start, try new things. Try something different than peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Try, try try something different. If you don't like hot foods, go go to an Indian restaurant and say, man, give me some curry. Go to a Mexican restaurant and say, man, give me the, the hottest jalapeno you got. No, I, I probably shouldn't do that. But, but be willing to try some new things. Get, get out of your comfort zone. Seriously, I'm, 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 I'm kidding about the food, but... That would be a good step. Take some little steps of faith. Begin to go out of your comfort zone. Try to meet some new people. Be friendly at work. Amen? Get involved here in the church. Don't just rush off after Sunday morning services. The reward is greater things for God. The reward is a greater reward in heaven. The reward is seeing your life change. The reward is seeing other lives change for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, to get the reward, you have to run to win. You see, we live in a society where we're trying to take everything from everybody so that everyone will be equal. I don't like that. If that's not fair. If we're to say, well, it's not fair that we take, and everyone doesn't, you know, I don't like that because that teaches everyone not to work. That teaches everyone not to to, to go forward and try to make the best of what God has called them. In fact, here's what the Bible says Hebrews 12 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let, let's listen to what it says. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Man, I hate running. Anybody here with me? I hate running. I really do. I don't like to run. Yes, I. I ran in a uh, whatever 5K race with my girls on Thanksgiving. It was fun, but I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to get out there training. I like, I hate running. I don't like to run. I mean, I. The only running I like to is run upstairs to my refrigerator, get snacks, and run back downstairs. I mean, that's run—that's good. I mean, I love running my bike. That's different. But I hate running. But I saw a difference in my life when I ran. I was in better shape. I was able to run a race that I'd never run, I'd never run a, a 5K race in my life ever. And I'm 47 years old. Wow, imagine that, huh? I'm still young to some of you. I know that. But you see, in your faith life, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. Amen? You've got to run to win in spiritual life. You've got to run to win at your work. Run to win in your family, your marriage, your singleness. You've got to run to win to reach your neighbors for Jesus Christ. You have to work at things. Number six sink or sit. Sink or sit. Some of you thought it might be sink or swim, but it's sink or sit. You see, you have a choice in life. You can step out of the safety of the boat with a chance of sinking, or you can sit in the boat and miss Jesus calling us as he's walking on the water. Sink or sit. It's your choice. Take a step or sit in the, in the boat. You see, too many times we we criticize Peter. We criticize him for, for taking the step of faith. We criticize him for, for sinking. When the reality, he was the only one that got out of the boat. Eleven of the disciples saw Jesus walking, and Peter was the only one. Jesus, call me. I'll come out. Or the other one's doing. Well, I'm, I'm reading my Bible right now. I'm praying. Oh Father, I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm si- you know. I mean, they had all the. I don't know the excuses. I'm just you know, just just embellish with me. It's okay. Why is it that we always look at the negative things? Well, he failed. He succeeded before he sunk. He was used greatly by God. All the disciples were, but he was even greater than the other disciples. You see, Mark Batterson, again, I'm referring to him because I got this out of one of his great books. There are two kinds of people, according to Mark Batterson, creators and criticizers. There's creators and there's criticizers. There are those that get out of the boat and walk on water then there are those who sit in the boat and criticize water walkers. Which are you today? You see, I know sometimes it gets on our nerves when someone takes a step of faith. It gets on our nerves when someone stretches us or they go and do something new because then it means, great, more work for me now. Our department now is going to do new work because this guy got the new contract. (sighs) Newsflash, the goal of business is to grow, right? Right? Come on, amen? The goal of the church is to grow. Reach more people. Grow closer to God. Worship God in new heights. Amen? Amen. And so we've got to get out of this negative mentality. Oh, I'm tired of this. Well, I don't like people. You know, just stop. Stop being negative and start being positive. Start taking risks. Be a creator. Every one of you, have you're multi-talented. You're gifted. Not only do you look good, and you probably smell good, but I'm not going to come down there and smell you. But you are created. God has put so much creative ability and I'm tired of people saying, well, I I don't have any gifts. That's a lie from the devil. You are so gifted. But you're sitting in the boat. And those gifts, if you don't use them, they're going to die with you. And what a waste. What a waste of a life if if all we do is we're safe in church until God calls us home. God wants you to use those gifts to touch the world through Him. Amen? Amen? Well, Pastor Stan, Peter, Peter was emotional. He was compulsive. But he was willing to do something. Every once in a while, being a little compulsive can be okay. You see, it's better than sitting around and thinking of the technical reasons why we shouldn't walk in water. When, when we walk in water, great things can happen. Amen? Number seven, the, the two enemies of faith are fear and doubt. The two enemies of faith are fear and doubt. I've mentioned this before, but I don't know about you, but when I die, I don't want to leave this earth with regrets. When Jesus calls me home, I want to make sure that I, and I, using football in the sports field, that I left it on the field when the day was done. That when God called me home, I did everything that I could to glorify Him. Amen? You see, the, the devil, he puts in our minds, what if I fail? What if I won't last? You see, that's what Satan tries to do to keep you from being fulfilled in God. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to be in fear. And I, as I told you, there's, I don't, the fear of our society is crazy, especially in this area. Okay, I know I tease you. We had a little snow over Christmas. Wasn't that awesome? Some of you like, no, it wasn't awesome. It was awesome. Just a little dusting. It was awesome. Especially if you're, you're north of, 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 the, of D.C. And so we have this fear. And I see it all the time. The news, the snow is coming. People run to the grocery stores. Go to the gas stations. And I'm thinking, it's, they'll, the store will be open tomorrow seriously, I mean, it's not like we live in Minnesota where they get tons of snow. Or in Alaska, I mean, th- this is nothing. But you see, this fear, oh my goodness, the Avion flu, oh, the, I mean, we go through all these things and that's not how God wants us to live, amen? You see, Satan has two powerful weapons he employs against us, fear and doubt. And what is it, one of his top face dealing strategies is for you to live in fear and sow fear in our minds. And you see, what happens is when we begin to think about fear, what happens? Fear begins to torment us. It begins to stir up hopelessness in us. We, I'm never going to get out of debt. My marriage is never going to work. My kids are never going to succeed. I'm never going to see. It. And that that's the devil. Do you know that? That's the devil. Don't listen to that fear, Amen. You see, another word for fear is worry. And worry can be toxic to your spirit, to your life, to your soul, to your family, to your church, to your workplace. And fear can actually cause health issues in your life. Did you know that? You can physically get sick because you're in fear of everything. You see, living in fear destroys your potential. And it it it, it, it hampers your faith. But you see, living in faith, on the other hand, frees you. It empowers you. You feel like, hey, I don't care... Yeah, I could fail, but I could also succeed. I could get sick, but I also could be healed. Amen? I could fall on on my face, but I also could fly with Jesus. Amen? You see, as long as we live in this world, we're going to battle fear, right? But just know that fear is not from God. Amen? Come on, say that. Fear is not from God. So every day you're going to battle it. The next thing that the devil likes to use us is doubt. Doubt makes us question the voice of God. God says, take a step of faith. And you say, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I doubt that was God. And you see, doubt keeps us back. Doubt is, has made many people crumble. Doubt talks us out of receiving blessings and miracles. God is a miracle-working God, 24-7. He does the miraculous. Supernatural is natural for God every day. That's His thing. It's nothing for Him. But you see, doubt in us prevents us from receiving the miracles and the blessings of God. Amen? Instead of looking at the negative results, or the possibilities of failure, start saying, what if I succeed? What if I grow? What if we do this? What if God blessed this? Amen? Start thinking like that. Amen? Start believing like that. Guard your faith. You see, when you guard your faith, because people are going to try to knock you out. Remember, there's the creators and the criticizers. The criticizers, man, they're going to knock you out all the time. They're going to always talk bad. They're always going to tell you, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? You're going to say, you know what? Yeah, those, those things, those could happen, but also this could happen. Amen? Number eight. When will you get out of the boat? When will you get out of the boat? What are you waiting for? Get out of the safety of that boat. Conditions, listen to this. Conditions will never be perfect. How many times have we said that? I've said that many times. Well, things just aren't. We don't have enough money, or this isn't going to work. It's not the right time. When will it be the right time? Because, see, conditions, and I, people tell me all the time, well, Pastor Stan, when I get through this work project, or when I get through this job, then I'll have more time for the church. That's fine if you want to say that, but the reality is, you're going to use another excuse. When is the right time? The right time is now. Step out of the boat. Let God take care of you. Let God provide for you. Let God give you faith. Let your life go to a new level of success. Amen? You see, conditions will never be perfect. Great victories come from overcoming storms and overcoming fear and doubt. Amen? Read, write this down. Second Corinthians 10, 3-5. It's not on your notes. Write this down. Because, see, God gives us powerful weapons to overcome the works of the enemy. Amen? You can either listen to this, you can either run to win or play to win in life, or you can play not to lose. Now again, I, I know I don't I don't talk much about football. I know I don't do that very much. But there's this thing called football, it's a really cool sport. Not the soccer football, well that's cool too. But I'm talking about the manly football. That that the the oblong brown football. Now I know you guys could kill me playing soccer, some of you guys would kill me in in football. And I, and I love I love watching that soccer too. And in both games, both footballs, the team that usually wins is the team that plays to win. Did you know that? Typically, the team that plays to play it safe, not to lose, guess what? They generally lose 95% of the time. There's the fluke shots, there's the fluke things and things where they win. But it's the same in life. If you play to win, you've got a higher chance of success than versus playing not to lose. And you see many of you in your life, in your marriage, in your singleness, in your, in the church ministries, in your ministry, at your workplace, in your careers, you're playing not to lose. And you're playing it too safe. You've got to start playing to win. Win at work. Come on, right? Win in school. Come on, right? If you play sports, win to win. Play to win, amen? Have fun, but play to win. If you're a musician, play to win. If you're a Christian, play to win. Pray to win as well. Too many of us have been sucked up in this safe lifestyle, and that's really not even real, totally biblical. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the church playing defense. I'm tired of us saying how evil the world is when we have the answers to the world's problems. His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. You see, in America, the church has to wake up, and I know I compare this, and I'm going to give you this for a few minutes. Olivia and I were talking about this yesterday. is I love studying history. And I'm starting to see some correlations between Nazi Germany and the United States of America. I see some correlations where the people of Germany and Austria fell into and allowed Hitler to take control because it was safe. And I'm seeing some correlations between the same thing in that we want the government to take care of every need. The government's never going to take care of your every need. Only God can do that. And some of you voted and prayed, and I always want you to vote and pray. You need to pray for our politicians. But the church had the answer. The politicians have been arguing way too long. You have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. He will heal this land if the church stands up. But right now the church is too afraid. We're hiding. Well, we can't do it. We don't have the money. We don't have the people. When does that ever stop God? Amen? God took 12 disciples and turned the world upside down. God took 120 believers and turned the world upside down. This church, maybe 150 people on an average Sunday, can turn this area upside down for Jesus. Well, I don't have time. I don't have this. Thank you, Martin. Amen. Let's not get lulled into this. And then Olivia I are talking about when, the, when the, the same thing the Russian church, was I told you this, the Russian church was arguing about the size of the candles on the altars when the, when the Bolshevik revolution took over and cast that country into darkness for decades. And the church were arguing and we're hiding and we're sitting while the, our generation is going to hell in a handbasket, as, as some of us would say. And and so we, we're seeing society just continue to go out of control, gun violence and all that, and we can say, Oh, if we had gun control. We need God. Amen. Satan control is what it is. I don't want to get into politics and you want to argue with me. Pastor Dave will be out in the park a lot at two a.m. in the morning. He can argue about gun control about that. Of course, he'll probably be in bed. You know why we have violence in our land? It's because it's violent. We, we watch violent TV shows. We let our kids listen to violent music and, and play violent video games. Duh! Right? Come on. Cars kill more people than guns. Hammers kill more people than guns. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When are you going to stand up and do something against him? Amen? When are you going to get out of the boat? When are you going to start saying, I'm going to touch my politicians with the gospel. I'm going to somehow befriend them. I'm going to touch my coworkers, my family, my friends who who are aborting babies. What about that? Abortion kills more babies than guns every day. Where's the church on that? Come on, amen? When are you going to get out of the boat? Would you stand with me this morning? I got you stirred up, I hope. Or annoyed or irritated. Because that was my goal today. To be that pebble in your shoe. To be the voice of God to say, when are you going to get out of the boat? Instead of complaining about the current state of affairs, we have a better alternative and His name is Jesus. Amen. He's not going to solve every problem because not everyone wants Jesus, but He can solve a lot of problems. He can. Imagine if more people knew and worshiped Jesus, what would happen in your workplace? What would happen in the government, in the governments of the world if more people knew Jesus? Their lives would be changed. Amen? You see, let's stop cursing the darkness and let's start being the light of Jesus everywhere we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you stir this church up? Would you stir every individual up saying, it's time for us to get out of the boat and take steps of faith. Playing it safe is risky, God. And this church and this, these people, this pastor, we've played it too safe for too long. Our world is in trouble and the church and the world needs to wake up. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's liberty in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There is wholehearted transformation because of Jesus. And so I'm asking, Father, that we would stop cursing the darkness and we would start being the light in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, on the sports fields, in in the shopping malls, in the shops, Lord God. Wherever we go, that we are the presence of God. And that is your desire for every believer that's in this room. I don't care if they're part of this church or not. It is your desire for us to stop playing it safe and start taking big steps of faith. You want us to step out and follow you on the water because you're going to do great things to every person in this room if we accept that. So I'm asking, Lord, that you move upon the hearts of every person here. That we, in 2013, go to new, bold steps. We climb higher. We expect greater things, God. We don't settle just for the normal, safe Christian life but we begin to reach out we begin to do more we begin to believe more we begin to expect more because you are God and that is your desire for this church for every individual for every church on this planet is to go further to go higher for you Lord Jesus so I'm asking Lord that you move in the hearts of everyone in this room that we will go higher we will go further we will do greater things in the name of Jesus and I'm asking that you begin to stir in the hearts of people that they're going to say Pastor Stan I want to go further now I want to go higher. I want to do new things. I want to get out of the safety of my life and I want God to do great things. And if this is you, I'm going to ask you, saying, you are know, saying, God, I want to step out in faith. I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward. Come on, forward. Say, I want to step out in some new areas of my life. Come on. I want you to come forward because I want to pray with you and I want to commit with you that God, come on forward, I want, to, I want to step out in my marriage, in my singleness, in my job, in my career, in my schooling, in my church, in my community. I want to step out of the boat. I'm tired of safety. I want to go and do greater things. Come on. Come on. I want God to work through my life. I want to expect greater things. Come on down. Let's, let's come in and say, I want God to do new things in my life. Come on. It's time. So you know what, Pastor? Said? I'm a little afraid, but I'm gonna trust Jesus to take me. But I wanna take that step of faith. Come on. Come on, let's come in here. Everybody just kinda of come in. Come on in. Come on. Holy Spirit, move on us, God. Move us beyond the safety of our lives. And Lord, you've blessed us. But you don't bless us just to make us happy. You bless us to be servants of mighty God. To change the world, God. Our society is in trouble, and we have the answer, God. I'm asking now for all those that came forward in the name of Jesus. I can't, I can't physically anoint everyone in the oil, but I'm asking God as I wave my hands over them that you put into them a new faith, God. A new spirit of an overcomer, God. That we become overcomers. We're not fearful of what's going to happen. Sure, we're going to fail. Sure, we're going to fall. But, God, greater things are going to happen. So I'm asking for greater things over every person that I'm waving my hands over. That, God, greater things are going to happen in their lives, in their spirit, in their jobs, in their careers, in their schools, in their relationships, God. I'm I'm asking that you would give them faith to do new things, greater things, God. That, Father, we're tired of the old stuff. We want new stuff, God. We want to see greater things happen. So I'm asking this blessing upon everyone that we expect greater things, God. Because I don't want anyone when on our deathbed we have regrets for not living our life to the full. That God, that we say when we we left this earth, that we gave it our all. And because of that, greater things are going to happen. I'm praying now for new dreams. I'm asking for new visions. I'm asking for new faith. I'm asking for new provision for this new vision, God, that you've given to everyone. Maybe some old visions, God, some new faith needs to be brought into that. So I'm speaking forth now, new provision, new faith, new steadfastness, God, a a new humility, a new faith in you, God. Because we have to step out. So, Lord, I pray that, that us that came forward say, we want to go. And maybe there are some others in this room that they want to do it. Maybe they're doing it. And Lord, bless them for doing it. So I'm asking your blessing upon every person. And I'm asking for new things in every person's life, individually, in the, in the lives that they touch, at their work, their home, their schools, their neighborhoods, their family. And I'm asking even in this church, God, that God, we reach our community, God. The hundreds of thousands of people that drive by this building, monthly, God. Thousands of people drive by this building every day, God. And I pray that we can reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You would use us, God. Lord, you took 12 men and you changed the world. You took 120 women and men and children and it, and it changed the world, God. You can take this church of about 150 people and change the D.C. area and change the world, God. We have the answer. So, Lord, I do. I rebuke this spirit of violence upon our land. This gun violence. The, the, this violence of destruction. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I curse this, this spirit of abortion that's, that's killing Innocent babies before they even have a chance to start life. And so I'm asking that the church would rise up and be bold in our faith. We would be bold in standing up for what is right. We would not be ashamed. And Father, I'm asking, yes, that you provide for every family, every individual. But I'm asking now, God, that we expect greater things because you're a greater God. And you do big things. So again, last thing, Lord, just release your newness, your faith to these people because you've got great plans for them. And so we bless you and all the church says. Amen. Amen. I love you. Amen. Amen. Expect great things this year, Amen. Amen. Have a powerful